Welcome to the Shift Changer Podcast, where we discuss the reality that shift happens and the most incredible experiences arise when we make a decision to be the change. Okie dokie. Welcome to another episode of the Shift Changer Podcast. Today, we are being joined by a wonderful guest named Lorna Wells. Uh, many of you may know her. Today, we're going to be talking about shift change to spiritually proactive parenting. And Lorna, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, basically, this topic and um, started from you, from a, a podcast, I'm sorry, from a post that you shared. And I was so um, moved by it that I asked you to come on. Um, but you wear many hats. Not only are you, <clears throat> excuse me, are you married to Torn Wells, um, but you're also a mom. And you're also um, a music producer, and you help other people with music. And you've got um, you're pouring into women in multiple areas. And so I'm so grateful to have you on to have your wisdom poured into parents to show them that they can do it too, wearing multiple hats. Um, and you're expecting one, so that's crazy that you're still doing it. Um, and so I'm so happy to have you on. Tell our listeners a little bit about you. So glad to be here. Um, I grew up in a pastor's home here in Houston, so I've lived here pretty much all my life. And um, I, my parents have been pastoring for close to 40 years now, I think. Um, and so since I was born, um, I was born under a pew, basically. <laughs> so um, been around ministry a lot and um, went to Bible college to do, to study music. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have my degree in music and I met my husband there, Torin, and we sang in a group there. So that was a lot of fun and uh, we became really good friends. After college, I came back home to um, work with my mom in the music department at our church and um, took that over and did that for about 10 years as the, as the worship pastor there. Um, we had a big gospel choir and stuff. It was really fun. And then um, Torn and I, during that time, got married. So we've been married for almost 10 years. Oh, awesome. uh, in January, it'll be 10 years. Okay. We have um, three boys so far. We've got another boy on the way. So we've got Kanan, who's seven, Lawson, who is uh, four, and Navy, who is two. So. <laughs> We have a lot of exciting, exciting times. So now um, I, I no longer work. Um, we decided that it would be more important for me to be at home right now. Makes it easier for me to travel with Torin when possible and take care of the kids. So I have uh, started a blog um, about a year ago called Alive in Wells and um, also, I started a women's Bible study at my home that I do weekly, and we're about to kick that back off because of quarantine, but I do that and a few other things here and there, but um, that's pretty much my life right now. I'm surrounded by children. <laughs> <laughs> children and women and women with other children, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. It's good to surround yourself with people who are doing that with you too. Like they're living that same life. So you can like share struggles and share victories. Definitely. 
So we're talking about parenting, and I don't know what your quote is, but um, what is that quote in your life where, you know, where life gets hard and your child is sick and your husband's like got to go and you're feeling really stressed, that, that, that verse, that quote or scripture um, that helps you focus on your why and gets you back on what God has called you to? I think the thing that sticks out to me the most, the thing that I remind myself of the most in parenting is most things are caught, not taught. And so anytime that I am feeling a little bit lazy in my parenting and I want to just bark orders, I remind myself that my my kids aren't going to learn it unless I'm showing them and I'm living it. And they see me reading my Bible. They see me praying. They hear me talking about it. So that's usually the thing that um, I remind myself of. More is caught than taught. I love that. I um, I actually had my my pastor, my childhood pastor, always talk about that too. More is caught than taught, and yeah. I didn't get it at the time. Uh, now, as a parent, um, I I fully understand what that is um, because I've had that. You know that moment where you're like, okay, they're not doing what I'm saying because I'm not doing what I'm saying. Right. Um, Right. So, um, so, uh, the basis of this podcast is that shift happens. And basically that means it's a play on words that basically change happens all the time. There are shifts happening all the time. So you talked about how, uh, you decided to stay home um, and that I'm sure was a good, a good shift, but there were changes that had to be made. Um, when it came to, um, that post that you shared and you kind of, I kind of wanted to talk about how, how did it come about that you and Torrance started to parent this way where you wanted to talk, where you wanted to instill morals and values and not just say it like, it's kind of hard to really just live those out because the kids don't know what you're saying, but what the post said, so people, people who don't know, which you can go to her Instagram and see, is basically she had a value of the month and it said purity. And you had a scripture verse and you talked about it. And that, that whole month you were going to share examples, share stories, I don't know, role model it in some way um, to talk about purity, which I think I just got to give you kudos because talking about purity in 2020 in the world that we live in is so vital um, for any parent, but especially for the parent who wants to grow their child in, you know, godly principles. Mm -hmm. I think that we should be doing it across the board. But um, if we don't teach our children purity, the world will, and it will be another version than what the Lord had, you know, said in his word. And so how did you start this? Where did it come from? What, what, what happened? I'd love to know. Okay. Um, I honestly cannot recall where it came from, like what gave us the idea, but me and Torin before a new year, we always sit down in December. We talk about our goals for the new year. We talk about our word for the year and all of that. And one of the things, one of our categories was parenting. Like what are the what are our goals? What are we going to do? And we just wanted to be more intentional about talking to the kids about values um from the Bible and just, you know, building their character. So good. And so Torin was like, what if we have like a value of 
every month that we talk about. And I was like, I love that. And we had a perfect little spot in our kitchen that I had nothing, I'd put nothing on the wall yet. And I was like, we could put a board up there. You know, we could put the word of the month, the value, and then a scripture. We started out doing a scripture a week <laughs> and then we changed it to just one scripture for the month. But because um, that wasn't sticking very well. <laughs> so we would just, I would pick a scripture that went with that value. So from the beginning of the year, we had all the values picked for each month already. Oh, good. Um, the that. things we, we wanted to focus on for that year. And a lot of them will repeat every year. I think this is our third year to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of them repeat and then some of them are new or just a different way of saying that word. Um, but with the word for the, for September, it was purity. And, um, it's like, okay, how do you talk to a seven-year-old, a four-year-old and a two-year-old about purity? Yes. (laughs) And so the scripture, you know, we would talk about the scripture, you know, let no man despise you because you are young or, Mm -hmm. you know, discount you because you're young, but be pure in your speech and your actions, you know, and all of these things. So that's what we talked to them about. And So my husband kind of broke it down and he was like, clean hands, clean eyes, clean heart, clean mind. And so that's the like phrase that we've just been putting in their heads. Like purity is having these things be clean. And so they understand being clean because we're constantly telling you. That's so fundamental. Like, I think that hits even my level, right? I think that's yeah. like the foundation for all levels. And then the more you just expound on that, it's so good. I love the way he did that, the way he broke Yeah, it. he's great at that. And so, like, we're a good team because he's very creative and I'm kind of a little more um, analytical and, like, strategic. And so I'm like, this scripture matches this value perfectly. It and does. Then, you know, he has a great way of presenting it. And so that's how we've just been doing it. And so if we're sitting at the breakfast table, right, there's the board. It reminds us to talk about it. It reminds us to just incorporate it. And we've also um, read our kids the book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. We have that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if you you don't, those that are listening, um, it's a great way to talk to your kids about pornography from a very early age. They have a junior version and then they have one for like ages eight and up or something. It progresses. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's so important because there are so many children that are exposed to pornography at the age of five or younger because of other kids that have access to the internet. And it's not that they're searching it out. It's that they're shown accident accidentally. And then it just causes this really bad domino effect in their lives. So it's a great way to talk to them about it and help them know what to do if they accidentally see something that they shouldn't. Yeah. And then I'm going to add also, it to show notes because that's such a good book. Um, yes, so it's good. It's something that uh, I, I found out about as well. Um, and I think it's important for all children to know about it. And it's not even a religious book. It's just about good pictures, right. good pictures and how to keep your eyes, your heart, your mind, your hands clean from those things and what to do with that. You know, when someone brings it to yeah. you, that's a good thing. Um, and so... 
what are some other uh, things that you guys do outside of, you know, the thing on the wall, the board on the wall? Mm -hmm. um, what have you guys been doing and what have you seen as far as the change? How are, how are you seeing the kids get it? Um, I think the biggest thing is just you'll hear them talk about it in everyday conversation or in the questions that they ask. Um, and that means that they're really getting it. Like if they're only talking about it, when you ask them a question, mm -hmm. it may not be really getting into their minds and their hearts. So I'll hear the kids playing or something and they'll say, Oh, you don't have to be scared because Jesus is with us or <laughs> at night, you know? Yeah. Um, one of my kids will say, mom, there was an angel in my room, you know, and you know, whether or not there was, they are relating to that and they're experiencing those things for themselves. Mm -hmm. And like the other day, my husband just had my middle son who's four and he said, he asked all the questions he was asking, you know, where is God? Um, when is he coming back? You know, just all of these questions that they wouldn't even know to ask if it wasn't yeah. for our conversations. Right. And the most important conversation we had was when my son, um, I think this was last year. Yeah. Last summer, my son, um, we had been talking about the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, being baptized with the Holy Spirit and just how awesome of an experience it is. And, um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was young and mm -hmm. so was my husband. Yeah. And so we had been talking about it and just what it was and all of that. And so one day we were riding in the car and we had also been talking about baptism. Mm -hmm. And so my son just said, I want to be baptized. Wow. Like, okay. You know, but we wanted to ask some follow-up questions. You know, we want to make sure it was something he wanted to do. And right. so he said, why do you want to be baptized? And he said, because I want all my sins to be washed away. Oh, and it was just the most beautiful thing. And That's so, sweet. so we set it up and my dad um, baptized him and it was just so moving. And I actually have a post on that. If anybody wants to see like the video clip, it's on my did Instagram. Did you uh, put it in your blog? I think I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I read it. Yeah. I read yes. it. And, it, it, and then it was long. not, too, it wasn't too long after that, that, um, at my parents' church, they actually had like a really big push for if people wanted to be baptized in the spirit, they could come and pray for that specific thing. Mm -hmm. And I was sick and my husband was at Lakewood and my mom had just taken the kids. And so she texted me and she was like, is it okay if Canaan prays? He said he wants to pray for the Holy Spirit. And I said, absolutely, but please video, like I'm not there. And he went to the front and like raised his hands and just repented of his sins, which I mean, how many sins did they have at the age of seven? But, um, and God like filled him with the Holy spirit and he what spoke in tongues story. and like at the age of seven, like that lets, you know, like no one was like, you know, making him do it or, you know, telling him what to say. It was just a spiritual experience. And it was all because like we have decided we're going to talk about these things and, yep. um, and he just, it was his decision. I love that. I kind of also love that you weren't there in a way yeah. because yeah. 
I mean, as much as I would love for you to have witnessed that. Right. It um, was his experience. Yeah, it was his experience. He wasn't scared that you weren't there. Mm-hmm. You know, you had instilled confidence in him. Both of, both you and Torn have instilled confidence in him. Trust in Jesus. Because it's also one thing to say, well, I love you. And we never actually say, well, Jesus actually loves you more than me. Right. You know? And he loves you and he gave his life for you. Um, but the, also the fact that he um, just was willing to go unashamedly, you know, without the both of you, without, you know, um, kind of comforts, you know, and it almost is a good for me, whenever I have experiences like that, when my daughter gave her life to Jesus, it feels like those things that we were talking about before the show were like, there's that you don't have the instant gratification that you did when you work in your corporate job of like, you know, you did a great job or you get an award with parenting. Sometimes you don't know the, you don't know if you're the seeds that you're planting are actually growing root. Right. And right. so when you see the fruit, it's, and, and God gives you that opportunity, to, you know, at least for your mother to say, Hey, is this okay? And I'm so, yeah. so kind that she called you too. Um, but it's like God telling you well done in your parenting, you know, you're doing yeah. a great job. Yeah. Um, but also I'm going to say that the Lord was calling him like, and he felt that, you know, it wasn't like he questioned it. He just was like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to receive what all that God has for me and ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I just think that is so powerful. Um, and also so important to know how much they're getting at such a young age as well. That right. just like your scripture verse, like um, don't let people despise your youth, you know, because in, in fact, kids are so, so much like sponge and retain so much and they're listening, which yes. is why spiritually proactive parenting is so important because they are listening, they are watching and they are seeing, hey, is mom and dad actually doing what they're saying? Is, um, is mom and dad actually um, behaving like this when we're not here? Because my kids will ask me questions. What did you guys do while y'all were on a date night? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they're so inquisitive and, yeah. and I, I also want to be truthful too and be like, well, we spent time together and, and that, so that was something that we hadn't done for a while was do date nights because of quarantine. So we didn't know who was going to watch our kids. Right. But then I asked to reach out to a friend and I was like, Hey, we, I want to get back on this. And so she, my daughter was like, wait, you're not going to be here. And I'm like, no, but Kristen's going to be here and she's going to watch you. Um, and then, and she would get so sad and I would be like, baby, one day you're going to see that us going away. Actually, when we're not around you, we're always talking about you and your brother. Yeah. And we're planning and dreaming all these things for you. And mm-hmm. isn't that just like the Lord too? Like when, when he, when we're asleep or when we're busy doing something, like he's away, like thinking up great things for you and talking about you. Um, It's a good picture of what parenting is. I don't know. For me, I've found that my parenting with my kids in this way is almost like a picture of how God is parenting me too, because sometimes he'll stop me mid sentence. And as I'm telling the kids something and I'm like, Oh wait, that's for me too. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. uh, I, I uh, in fact, yesterday, I forget what it was. Um, 
I forget what my daughter told me. Oh, she asked me, um, we were talking about faith and about walking on water and about how um, Peter walked on water. And so she asked me if I could walk on water. Yeah. And I said, um, no. <laughs> and so she said, then where is your faith? And I was like, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yep. That's a good question, Juliana. I need to build it up more. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why it's so important because the Bible says unless we become like little children, we can't enter into the kingdom of God. And I think it's because children are so, they have so much faith, like they're ready to believe. And I think that's why it's so important that, that while we do have young children, that we instill these principles in them and not that we make the decision for them, but we talk to them about, you know, having a relationship with God and everything. Not that it's impossible later. Absolutely not. Um, people can come to Christ at any age, at any stage. But it's such a beautiful and easy thing for children because their faith is so strong. And yeah. that's why Jesus says, you know, become like a little child. You, you got to have that childlike faith. And so mm -hmm. put it in them while they're young and it's, you just build, keep building on that and that's their foundation. And it's going to be a lot easier in the long run if you're really taking the time now to yeah. put those things in them. Would you say it's um, hard or easy to do regularly? I would say that it's easy if it's a part of your everyday life, okay. if you have a relationship with God and it's something that is the center of your life, it is not hard to make it the center of your family and of your children. <laughs> it would be hard if you don't make it a priority to attend church or you don't make it a priority to be involved at your church. It's not a priority to read your Bible and pray then I would say it's going to be challenging to make that a part of your everyday conversations with your children because it's not natural. It's not coming from your heart. It's right. more of a job than just an overflow of your weekly experiences. With <clears throat> Jesus. Right. So your relationship with Christ, your priorities in putting him first um, is what's, it, it is what's going to be helpful in, doing that with your kids. Absolutely. Right? Um, working on our own self. You talked about a post, um, actually it was your last email last week on, and I'm sorry, your last um, blog post in Alive and Wells. And you mentioned about um, health and fitness. I won't go into it so people can go look at it. Um, but you were talking about your own experiences with health and fitness and where you are now. Mm -hmm. And Torin said something that like, if he probably um, had an attitude, you probably wouldn't have received it, but because he said it in love, <laughs> because, he said, because he said it in love and because he loves you. And I think because you know, he loves you, even if he did say it in an attitude, maybe he did, I don't know. Um, <laughs> or joking, you know, with some sass, like girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he said, get your focus basically off of yourself and put your focus back on Jesus. And then later on in the post, you said that we needed to pour into our character. And that right there was like those two pieces, him, him enlightening you, you receiving it, you being like, 
that kind of shocked me because I was expecting like a little like lovey thing and and that was that was kind of lovey but that kind of hurt a little bit (laughs) it took me back but you know what I needed it um you were open to criticism or you're open to um accountability I should say yeah and then you basically said you know what I do struggle with these things and I am going to ask the Lord to help me and I do need to work on my character um you didn't look at it from another angle of like he needs to be quiet and he doesn't know what he's talking about. You looked at it from a, I think a godly perspective um, um, of saying, you know, Lord, what do I need to work in me? Where am I off? Um, get me back. Get, get me my eyes, my heart, my mind aligned back in you. It's basically what that scripture was saying in purity. Yeah. Um, and, and so I just love that, that post and, what has what has been the response since you've you've put that out there? I mean, I've a lot of people have related to the struggle, and sure. I knew that they would, but it was pretty overwhelming. Like how many people, um, even men, who have said, you know, I struggle with some insecurities, and it may not be about physical appearance, but it yeah. could be any insecurity. And I just think that that's a big struggle. And I think it is because our culture and our world is constantly putting focus on self. And it it did sing when he said it, but because we have a relationship that revolves around respect and love, um, like, excuse me, (laughs) I've been able to speak encouragement and you know, correction even occasionally for Torrin and he's done the same for me. Yeah. And he's the leader of our home and that is a pastor in a way. He's a pastor of our home. And if like my pastor says something to me in correction and in love and I can't receive that, then my heart is in the wrong place. And so, um, I mean, I can be really like <laughs> strong-willed and, um, you know, I can pop back at, at my husband a lot, <laughs> but in that moment, it was said in love and I felt that and I know, I mean, he's listened to me talk about this so much and he has been empathetic and all of that. So when he said it, it was the perfect setup for me to have a good response and say, you know what? I needed to hear that. Yeah. And then I was able to pray about it and really open up my heart and let God speak to me and, and confirm that in my yeah. spirit. That's so good. So I, I'm very much what you just described. Uh, I'm an Enneagram eight. I don't know what your Enneagram is, but if you know that, but I'm an Enneagram one. eight one. Okay. What is the one again? Is it a perfectionist? perfectionist? Reformer. <laughs> Reformer. Okay. I'm a challenger. Yep. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm ready to rebuttal. Like if I wasn't a nurse, I'd probably be a lawyer. Um, I'm ready (laughs) to fight. (laughs) And, and so, um, that was also something that I had to work on now. I should have worked on when I first had children, but I didn't let let it just be real. But when I became a stay at home mom, my attitude, my sass, this like, like, let's go, um, (laughs) I started to really think like, wait, wait a second, Monica, I get it. You're Hispanic. I get it. You're whatever your type a 
Enneagram mate. That's all great. But God also made you. And, and so he wants me to walk in the Holy Spirit and in the fruit of the Spirit. And I just can't pick and choose which one is great for me and which one isn't. Be like, well, I'm sorry. Um, I can't do patience and I can't do self-control, but I'm really good at loving and kindness. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I look at it from a medical perspective of like, um, or even just like a fruit. Okay. So like a pomegranate, like you, when you're eating a pomegranate, it's filled with all this goodness. Well, when you, when you eat it, you get all of it, right? You're that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be eating the word of God and you get all of those things. So if I'm not getting all those things, then it's not God who's at fault. It's me. The, I need to do some quality control on me, right. you know, um, because God's word never returns void. So I had to be like, yo, you need to like check yourself. And it was a great learning experience. And my husband as well. Now that was something that I prayed about because my mom, I got married later on in life. I don't know what you were married in, but I was, I was married around 28, 29. Um, and my mom was like really concerned. (laughs) She was like, I'm really concerned about you getting married so late. And I was like, what is the deal? Like, yeah, I felt so old. I was 25. I mean, she was like, so much younger. Her parents got married so much younger. And I was like, I don't see the big deal. Everybody's getting married later. And she was like, maybe everybody else is fine, but you. And I was like, what is it with me? And she's like, you are stubborn. You are set in your ways. And I was like, oh. And and at first I was like, that's kind of not nice. And then, but like it stuck. And so I, I finally was like, God, is this true about me? Am I really this way? And if so, Lord, help me to find someone who's who's going to be adaptable, who I'm going to be adaptable, but also help me find someone, if this is how I am, Lord, help me find someone who loves me enough to tell me when I'm going the wrong way. Yeah. Who's going to love me enough to say, hey, girlfriend, I love you, but you're, you're going like, there's there, the cliff ends over there. And, and right. you know, you're actually cursing people, not blessing people. And so, um, I, cause I knew this about myself, but I also needed to go through the sanctification part of my own, but I've had, you know, my husband say, Monica, <laughs> just stop, just stop. Yeah. Um, and, and it's always in love. And so when I know it, I'm like, I'm not intimidated. Um, I actually heard this quote and I cannot remember where I got it from, but like that true strength is actually, um, reserved and actually can take criticism and digest it and actually like produce something out of it instead of just like this quick rebuttal of like, you don't know what you're talking about or, you know what I mean? Right. Like right. is really, is really just taking it and saying, Hmm, I wonder if that's true. And being reserved in, yeah. in a sense, you know, because with, with, particular personalities like that it's our inclination to just kind of say something right back yeah. um, but again our children are watching and yeah. so that's the, that's the other part that's the other caveat where we have to say okay and so you know I tell my husband like hey this this is a test we got to pass it like I'll pull them aside and I'll be like okay let's continue the conversation but this is a test and they are watching us we've got to make sure that that we turn this around let 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 us show them I'm going to I'm going to actually like or maybe I won't even tell them sometimes like I'll actually apologize like sincerely 
and then I'll say, Hey, you know, mommy and daddy, we get into arguments too. And, yeah. you know, and, and so we use ourselves as examples a lot of time. And I will too, especially about making messes. I was, my mom raised me super strict and I was very like kind of OCD about cleanliness, but that is not practical with children. They're going to yeah. make messes. And so I had to teach them how to pick up messes and that it was okay. And we all make mistakes. And that's really where I learned grace because I wasn't really taught grace. I heard about grace, but it's not until you give it away that you fully understand what grace is. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, what have you seen um, through not just your children, but your friendships, um, your marriage through living this way intentionally with your, with your parenting? Because if we're living in the word of God, it, how the fruit flows in all aspects. So this parenting, have other women um, inquired more about it? Are you gaining from other women more types of um, biblical examples or creativity? Because I'm sure that the, some of this stuff is kind of hard sometimes doing it alone. Yeah, I mean, I literally get things from every parent I come in contact with because I feel like everyone has their strengths um, and I'm not strong at everything. And so, I mean, I have friends that are just, I have this one friend, she has four kids and they're a little older now, but she has cooked every meal and homeschooled them and takes them on hikes and she's real creative. She's good at decorating and stuff like that. And she's super chill with the kids too. So, I mean, if they break something, she's, you know, she's like, well, it was an accident, you know? So she was a parent before I was, and I watched her because I'm like, I want to be like you. Yes. <laughs> and she's an amazing parent. And I look at her at some of those things. And then I have other friends who they're just so sweet and gentle with their children. And, you know, I love that. And I mean, every one of my friends that have kids, there are different things that they do that are just so amazing with parenting. And my personality type, um, I can be critical and um, I'm mostly critical of myself, but I can be critical of others. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not coming from a, a place of, I want to be mean. Um, this is what I've learned about Enneagram ones. Okay. Um, it's coming from a place of, you know, let's make everything as best as we possibly can. So like I'm constantly seeing the things that aren't the best and that can be, um, that can be hard sometimes because I don't want to, I don't want to look at that. I want to celebrate the good things. Mm -hmm. And just because that's my personality, it doesn't mean that I can't, um, you know, restructure that and say, okay, I know I see the things that are wrong, but yeah. I choose to focus on the things that they do well. And yeah. so that is something that I've learned in recent years. And that's it's a good. beautiful, beautiful thing because I've really been able to celebrate the amazing things that my friends do. And instead of just focusing on, you know, the things that could be better. I mean, I have enough of that on myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to do it for others. Yeah. Like I am constantly criticizing myself and learning yeah. how to not do that for myself as well. Do you have a shift or change acronym to help the listeners um, or anyone who's taking care of children 
how to, how to do this? Yeah, so I chose the word shift. Okay. And so for my S, I just said spend one-on-one -on -one time with them, even if it's 10 minutes a day. That's good. So just a little bit here and there, whenever you can pull one kid aside, if you have multiple children and you're able to just talk with them, listen, um, that's going to make a huge difference in your children's lives. That's good. My H is hear them. Mm. Put your phone down and listen intently to what your kids have to say. Oh, I love that. They're going to ramble a lot and talk about things that seemingly do not make any sense. <laughs> but just you taking the time to hear them and what they have to say is going to build that trust for when they're older and they come to you and say, Mom, I made a mistake. Yeah. Or Mom, I messed up. Or somebody told me this and they're going to feel that trust and know that you're going to listen mm -hmm. when they're telling you something. That's good. And I? I is intentionality. Be intentional with your kids. If you don't plan it and think it out, it won't happen. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen by accident. Um, you're not going to have a value of the month by accident. You have to actually take the board off the wall, erase it, put the new word, research the scripture, and yes. it just takes intentionality. I love um, it. The F is fight for your marriage. Woo! Yes, the health of your marriage or relationship strongly determines the spiritual and emotional health of your children. Wow, that is powerful, Lorna. That's good. You said something about that earlier about like date nights and stuff and how when we actually take time with our spouse, we are becoming stronger, which makes our family unit stronger. Yes. So when we are fighting for each other and we're going to counseling or doing whatever we can. Marriage conferences. Our marriage, yes. Then we are affecting our children in a positive way. And if you have been through a divorce and you know, you feel guilt about that. God can restore anything. So yep. don't, don't feel guilt about that. But in whatever relationships you're in, in the future, make sure that it's a priority that they're healthy and they're godly relationships. And then my T is train them to love the word and follow Christ. Training takes hard work and consistency. Yeah. It's not just raising them. Um, my brother says this, but you raise chickens and you train horses. So it's a totally different situation. When you yeah. raise chickens, you just throw the food out there. You let them do what they do. When you train horses, it takes time. It takes consistency. Mm -hmm. It takes work. And so that's what the Bible instructs us to do with our children. And it yep. is going to take some work but the reward is going to be beautiful. And the promise is that when we train a child in the way they should go, when they are old, they will not turn from it. Yep. So that is a promise that gives me hope and that helps is, me to keep going as a yes. parent. To, and to be transparent with you and the listeners. And I know some of my listeners know this, but um, I grew up in church, uh, then went to Bible college. And then I went the opposite way while still going to church. I yeah. lived a double life. Um, and the Lord slowly drew me back. He just mm -hmm. kind of like, um, 
I got this picture in my in my head when you told me that your mother called and asked if it was okay if he could go, your son could um, get filled with the Holy Spirit, that he felt that. For me, I just remember that scripture verse, um, I believe it's in Psalm that talks about deep calls to deep. Mm. And I felt just the Lord calling me back to him. And it wasn't a message. It wasn't um, this powerful thing I heard. It was actually just talking with people um, and realizing that the Lord wanted to use me. And I just thought that since I had sinned so much that I was no good anymore for the kingdom. Um, then I realized later that the Lord wanted to use those things. And then I remembered, um, I saw the scripture verse. I don't remember where it's at, but it was like, basically the Holy Spirit reminds you what your purpose in life is. Like he'll start to, to, to remind you of those things. And for me is he was remind my husband would be like, where did you hear that song? I'm like, Oh, that was when I was a kid. I remember these songs. I remember the scripture verses from when I was a kid, but that, that's how I remember things. I would write them down on flashcards. Um, and so the Lord will draw you closer to him as long, I believe as one, you know, you're, you're still, you know, looking for him because I would always question like, do you even care about me? Like, is, and so, and then, you know, I think praying over, um, your children, you know, so I had people praying for me. I know I definitely had my mom praying for me because she would write me these letters to stop. Um, but the Lord drew me back to him and I've turned my life around and, um, dramatically and have slowly been, you know, just sharing my testimony, but it was because my mother was spiritually proactive. And so was my father and my grandmothers. Um, Mm. and so I, for me as, um, I guess a way to pray it forward or bless it forward to the next generation is like, I want to do the same for my kids um, and keep that going. You know, the Bible talks about that. Like, you know, talk about it with your children when they're at the table, when you're going for a walk, when you're, um, you know, out in the marketplace, these are conversations we need to have with our kids for them to, to grow. And it needs to be imprinted on the tablets of their heart. the, The Bible says, and so um, I just appreciate you sharing um, your story, your tips, and um, how can people connect with you to get more? Um, my Instagram is a great way. Um, my Instagram handle is Lorna Brittany, L-O-R-N-A-B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. And then my blog is aliveandwells.com. Okay. And you um, are posting how often? Once a week? I don't have like a consistent time, but roughly once a week. Yeah. You've been coming out with a lot of good stuff. So (laughs) if it's not on your, if it's not on your blog, it's on your Instagram post. So I feel like you're getting content everywhere. Thank you. It's good. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, That is all for this episode of the Shift Changer podcast. My hope is that as you listen, you're awakened to the reality that shift happens and you get the opportunity to be the change in your home, in your workplace, in the car, at the grocery store, pickup line, um, anywhere and everywhere. It is in you because God's greatness is in you. Until next time, Shift Changers. Bye. Bye. Bye.